that is the salvation message. All right, Jesus in my place. Amen. So we are in Mark chapter 9, week number 28. Thank you all for sticking with me. We're going to be here for a while. So um, I, when I think of the word glimpses, glimpse, like I think of certain things like, um, okay, so this is kind of a funny one, but I think of the time that Sally and myself and my dad and my stepmom, Debbie, we went to Charlotte, North Carolina to a race that we actually didn't get to go to the race because it got rained out, but that's okay. Uh, we went to the race, and I think Friday night, we went to a place called Cowfish Sushi Bar and Grill. Cowfish. Okay, listen. Um, we like sushi, and I had a filet mignon sushi. It was so good. Yeah, it, but, but it was like, it made me want a filet mignon steak. You know what I mean? Like, like it was really, really good, but it was like, it was small, you know? And like, after I ate it, I was like, okay, that was fantastic, but where's my steak? You know, like I wanted more. It's a glimpse. It was a, it was a glimpse of deliciousness. Is that a good word? Kaylin, you like that word? All right, she's like, don't, don't call me out today, Daddy. Um, but uh, she just turns her head. But um, by the way, 12 years old this week. I mean, I can't believe it. All right, um, my 12-year-old, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. But anyway, um, I don't know how time works, you know. Um, but I also think of like, you know, when we coach basketball, when I coach basketball, we would hold certain things back, you know. Uh, I remember telling uh, my team we played Chipley one year in, in a Christmas tournament championship, and I'm like, we're going to see these guys later. So we only played one defense because at halftime I told them, I said, guys, listen, this game doesn't matter. We're just going to play one defense because we're not, we're not going to give them everything. We're not going to – we're going to hold something back, okay. Uh, it was just a glimpse. We just hold – I think of football teams that hold back a, a trick play until right at, the, right at the correct moment, you know, uh, and they only put, do it like one time a year. Uh, but just glimpses. Um, you know, or just kind of just the whole idea of, of something unrevealed being behind a curtain on purpose uh, to be revealed later. Well, and what we see today, Jesus is going to peel back the curtain a little bit, okay? He's going to give us a glimpse of his glory, amen? And, uh, and, and I, I thought of other great titles um, that I'm sure Miss Dolores especially will appreciate, uh, but, uh, you know, a glimpse of his glory, Right, Mr. Loris, a morsel of his majesty, right? Um, a sample of his splendor, right, Alex? Come on, man. A taste of his triumphant self. Y'all get the alliteration? Come on, y'all, all right? I'm, I'm keeping my Baptist card, my Baptist preaching card, uh, which we, we have one here as well. We preached for a long time right here, Uncle Vic. But you have to have the alliteration, right? That's part of being a Baptist preacher. That's right, he's shaking his head. Um, and so in our look at the transfiguration, Long wording. I'm glad my English teacher's not here today. My other English teacher, one is here, right? So don't don't penalize me too much for this run-on sentence. But in our look at the transfiguration, we have the permutation itself. Ah, another good word. The participants involved. Number three, the purpose in regard to the event, and then the problem inside the disciples' hearts. Next week, we're going to take a pause. Uh, from Mark, and we'll do a special um, message for Patriot Day, and then the week after, the, after that, we'll be back in Mark, okay? Uh, and so, just for your information. But before we move today to each new section, we will go back to this idea that this is just a mere glimpse of His divine nature, amen? It's just a mere glimpse of His glory that we'll see in heaven, Amen. So I, I want you to amen, because I'm going to say it every time, okay? All right? and, and we sang about it today a lot, that, you know, just the glory 
of Christ. Amen. Um, so let's, we're going to look at the first, we're going to look at, all, uh, at eight verses all together now, and then we're going to go back and kind of look at some of them, um, kind of break it down as we go through. But uh, Mark 9, verses 1 through 8, and we use the, the CSB for our reading here, find it very readable and, and still accurate. So it'll be up on the screen because Miss Rhonda is awesome. Um, as long as she can stay with me, uh, with my hyper self. But all right, Mark, uh, Mark chapter nine, verses one through eight. Then he said to them, "Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power." Now this is just after we, he talked about the, you know, how hard it is basically to be a disciple, you know, to to deny ourselves, to carry our cross daily. Amen. That was last week. Verse two. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them, and his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Good old Peter. Uh, let's, uh, let's set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say. Probably could have been quiet, but that's not Peter. All right, since they were terrified, a cloud appeared overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. So number one, we have the permutation itself, the, the change itself. I think, when I think about change, I think of like Transformers when I was growing up, you know, and the little toys, and they turn into these cool cars, and you can turn them back to monsters. And, and then the movies, which were okay, you know, could have been better, right, Alex? He's my movie critic over here. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, I think of caterpillars, right, turning to butterflies, or chameleons, right? It was really cool how, how God designed all that, how people have the natural camouflage in, in, in nature, you know. And, and speaking of camouflage, I, I don't know if I told you guys, I was going to start a camo plane company, um, but I just couldn't see it taking off. So, sorry. My... Mimi liked that one, all right, so she's laughing. But um, you, you think about changing, right? Uh, and, and see, his, and, and breaking it down, and I think it's the next one, yes, his appearance was changed, you know, and, and yes, I did say that earlier about Sally being radiant, and you know, but I, I, I think of, of women, of ladies when they, when they are pregnant and how there is a, a glow about them naturally. And, and, of course, I do think about Sally coming down the altar for the first time, you know, the altar when we got married and I cried the whole time, don't judge me. Um, but, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I, was, I was thinking it in my heart, though. All right. She says I didn't cry. I'm pretty sure I cried. I cried before you got down. You know? Anyway, um, but, for, but, you know, at, at this point, as Gusick says, for this brief time, I, I love this, um, Jesus took on an appearance more appropriate for the king of glory than for a humble man. Um, I love to paraphrase the great Charles Spurgeon. It was basically more difficult for Jesus to withhold his glory while on earth than it was for him to reveal a glimpse of it at this moment. That is an awesome statement. Okay, because you think how awesome and amazing and, and how glorious Jesus is, and how the whole time on earth it must have been really difficult for him not to even. I gotta show you a little something here, you know. But he, he, at this moment we get a glimpse because he is God, Amen, Hallelujah, and he is worthy of our praise. And his, his clothes became bright white. Uh, let me read to you, and it's not up here, Miss Rhonda, but the the ESV version of that part about the dazzling and the extremely white. Uh, it says radiant. Um, his clothes are radiant, intensely white, uh, as no one on earth could bleach them. 
I, I like that better, version a little better because I think it, it, it captures it a little bit better. Um, dazzling means, again, extreme whiteness uh, beyond natural explanation. Uh, Mark even adds the thought that the clothes were so white, again, that uh, a, a launderer, someone who bleaches things, couldn't whiten them. Okay? Um, Matthew says, white as the light, white as the light, and also adds that Jesus' face glowed, glowed like the sun. So Matthew adds a few details there. But th this is nothing new for the king of glory, amen? Psalm 104, verse 2 says, He wraps himself in light as if it were a robe, spreading out the sky like a canopy. All right? I mean, this is his world, amen? We're just living in it. And, and so this is nothing new for the king of glory. This event prefigures the overwhelming glory of Jesus in his return. It, it, it's, again, it's a glimpse. It's an early indication of, of what we'll see in heaven, amen? And then the, the next part about the actual... Uh, Transfiguration itself, the permutation itself, if you'll allow me to use that to have the alliteration there. So his appearance was changed, his clothes became bright white, and then the three shelters. Well, the three shelters, uh, that kind of goes back to the Jewish custom of building shelters during the festival of shelters. So it was a, a kind of a, a, a thing to back to that, and then cloud overshadowing them. Well, this relates to the cloud of God's glory that uh, is traditionally known as the Shekinah. Amen? The Shekinah glory. And again, this is not up here um, Miss Rhonda, but I want to read to you briefly from Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 through 18. On the third day, when morning came, there was thunder and lightning, a thick cloud on a mountain, and a very loud trumpet sound, so that all the people in the camp shuddered. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountains. Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke, because the Lord came down on it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. Can you imagine? A whole mountain shaking? Like, you know, I've been in loud stadiums and stuff, you know, and all, but nothing, not, nothing like this. It's amazing. Or uh, Exodus 40, again, Miss, Miss Rhonda, don't worry about it. We, I, I didn't put it in there. Okay. Exodus 40, starting in verse 34, says, The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was unable to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud rested on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The Israelites set out whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle throughout all the stages of their journey. If the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and there was a fire inside the cloud by night, visible to the entire house of Israel throughout all the stages of their journey, God leading them. But again, that Shekinah glory. So this was, this was a glorious event. Amen? And so in our look at the transfiguration, we have that permutation itself. We have the participants, the purpose, and the problem. But this is just a mere glimpse of the divine nature we'll see in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all did good. Then my, thank you, Papa. All right. Okay. He's got my back. Okay. Number two. All right. Participants involved. Before we get to that, let's read verses two through four. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, led them to the high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them. And his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no longer on earth could whiten them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. So, you all ever been involved in something just like amazing? Like, you know, you just will never forget it. Like, you know, moments, obviously, you know, the birth of children and, uh, you know, weddings and, you know, but then other things, maybe some cool sporting events or, uh, I mean, like, um, obviously some remember when, where they were when John F. Kennedy was, was assassinated. You know, you remember where you were. You remember where you were when 9-11 happened. All right? You remember, I, 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 was in my, I was at my class. I was teaching in, in Middleburg. 
You know, I, I can remember. Or uh, whenever the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Um, Brother Jim, not here. All right. How was that? Don't remember that. Oh, I remember that. I remember that big time because I did cry on that one, which is a little bit telling. But anyway, um, but, but no, um, you know, those things are awesome. And we remember where we were and to be a part of that. Can, can you imagine how um, these guys, Peter, James, and John, must have felt to be part of this? You know, how awesome that must have been. And, and so we have these five. And, and uh, let's take a brief look at the, at the players. Um, and, and we're going to group some of them together, all right? Moses and Elijah. Okay, so the writers for the ESV study Bible notes that Moses and Elijah are not reincarnations, but rather come from being in the presence of God, which, you know, I think is very likely, right, in heaven. And it is often thought, and I know Uncle Vic probably has seen even more than I am because he has done this a whole lot longer than I have, uh, but I've seen different thoughts about why those two, why Moses, why Elijah, uh, and, and the one I keep coming, what I kept coming back to and, and learning as I, as I studied was that Moses represented the law, Elijah represented the prophets. And, and while that is somewhat simple, okay, kind of simplified analysis, I think is accurate, you know, um, especially the idea that both these point to Jesus, amen? They both point to Jesus. See, Matthew five seventeen, Jesus says, don't think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to what? To fulfill. I'm the completion. I'm him. Okay? I'm, I'm what was talked about all the pages before. Okay? He completed the law perfectly. And in Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Amen. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. So the law and the prophets were pointing. They're talking about Jesus. I mean, again, the idea of, I think, of people these days of searching you know, searching for something to, to feel that God-shaped hole in their lives. Well, it's Jesus. You can, you can keep looking. You can keep looking if you want. That Jesus is the only one that will satisfy. Amen? And then Jesus himself, this, this changing or transfiguration was not a change uh, to the nature of Jesus, but more of an unveiling again, a glimpse, as I alluded to earlier, a peeling back of a curtain. Um, Hebrews 1.3, the next verse, uh, say, the sun is a radiance, I love this, the radiance of God's glory, amen? The sun is a radiance of God's glory and an exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Warren Wearsby says it this way, the word transfigured describes a change on the outside, listen, that comes from the inside. See, it's the opposite of a masquerade, as he says, which is an outward change that does not come from within. It's not putting on a mask, changing the way we look from the outside. It, it's, to say it a different, different way, while Moses' radiance reflected God's glory, Jesus radiates light from inside. Uh, hold on, wait. So, see, that's it right there. Y'all ever given a piggyback ride? Anybody? Or ever got on somebody's back? Okay. Having to be carried. See, because you needed help or you're giving help. See, Jesus don't need any help. See, Jesus didn't have to piggyback on somebody else's glory. Jesus is glorious. Amen? All right? Y'all understand where I'm coming from? He, he, he is glorious. He is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his nature. Amen? And so he's not piggybacking on off, off anybody. Okay, Jesus, that light is radiant from within. Isaiah 42, 8 says it this way, I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Amen? But boy, we, we try as humans, don't we? 
Amen or oh me. We try to give it to something else. Peter, James, and John. I have little to say about this, okay? Very little to say about these three. I just want to recognize those are three. A lot of theologians call them the inner circle, right? Um, and something that they just... I love this, by the way, as, as, as my studying, I found that because I always kind of heard the same thing all growing up and all this time. Oh, they're the inner circle, you know. Uh, some says that maybe they just need a lot of correction. <laughs> I love that because that's definitely me, uh, that maybe uh, Jesus spent extra time with them because they needed it. You know, it's like us teachers, right, uh, all the teachers in the room that go stand beside the misbehaving kid, Alex, right? Just playing Alex was never that. All right, so in our look at the transfiguration, again, we have the permutation itself, the participants involved, the purpose, and then the problem inside the disciples' heart. But again, this is just a mere glimpse of the divine nature we'll see in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mark 9, verses 7 and 8. I love this part, my favorite part. A cloud appeared overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. So number three, the purpose in regard to the event. So I, I don't know about you all, but I think I probably shouldn't say this out loud on Facebook if some of my uh, uh, bosses were to hear it. But sometimes uh, in your job, okay, I'll say it that way, I'm sure there are times in our lives and our jobs where we're like, why are we doing this? Am I the only one? Okay, all right, okay, yeah, thank you, Brother Mike is actually not as it. Okay, are you like, why again are we doing this? What is the purpose of that again? Okay, and we always think we know better, amen, or oh me, amen, uh, oh me, uh, that's definitely me. Um, but these, these verses drop the mic on the whole event. Okay? I have in all capital letters here, this is my beloved son, listen to him. See, when they looked, they saw no one except Jesus. Now, uh, y'all know I love the poetry and the words of King James Version all right, uh, 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 oftentimes. So uh, I believe it will be up here because, again, Miss, there it is. Miss Rhonda uh, beat me to it. Um, I love how the King James Version says it. Okay? And suddenly when they had looked round about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. The, the ESV says they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. The New American Standard says, saw no one with them anymore except Jesus alone. Y'all get it? We, we, we're getting the point. Jesus only. But as I've mentioned, it's been since the, kind of the theme since we went to camp, right, Sally? That, you know, because um, the preacher there talked about it. We, we as humans want to make it Jesus plus something. Jesus plus. Jesus plus doing the right thing. Jesus plus church attendance. Jesus plus doing this and that. It's Jesus only, amen? He is the only one worthy of praise, honor, and glory. It's not Jesus plus something else. That's what religion does anyway. Right? We, you know, the salvation, the salvation message, again, we, like we talked about earlier, is Jesus in our place. It's a, it's a point where we say, I can't make it on my own. I accept what Jesus did on the cross as counting for me. But religion makes it a lot more, lot more difficult. It's that and it's this. And it's, that and it's this right here. And we're going to take these words here, we're going to twist that around, and we're going to say this, right? That he is the only one worthy of praise, honor, and glory. Amen? Revelation 5. Let me read to you just five verses of what I read earlier before the, at the beginning of the service. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on a throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. 
I also saw a mighty angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And this is kind of the, the sad part of the, of the scripture. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look in it. But can I pause for a second and give the Patrick translation or kind of the addition to it? That's me. See, that, that I was the one, try, I would be trying to do those things. I was the one trying to gain my salvation, trying to earn my salvation. If I just go to church, if I, you know, I say this prayer, and I do, if I go to this thing, this event, and that event, and do, 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 but as long as I'm a good guy and a good person, I can make it myself. I'm top A, man. Get the A. Get it. Okay, be the best. I'm sure I'm glad Jesus made a way when there was no way. Amen? All right. That, that chasm was so, was so far. Right, Mr. Lewis? The chasm, and he made a way where there was no way. In that song, he talk, they talk about it. From the far side of the chasm. And then I wept and wept because there's no one found worthy. So it looks hopeless. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Look. The lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. So that he is able to open a scroll in his seven seals. Praise the Lord. It's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus only. And then verse 13, Revelation 5 says, I heard every creature in heaven on earth, on earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And if you don't like to praise and sing songs in church, you're going to be a miserable person in heaven. Amen? Praise Him. Because that's what we're going to be doing all along because He's worthy of it. We, we, we build our lives on all these things that don't matter. So in our look at the transfiguration, we have the permutation itself, the participants, the purpose, and then we have the problem inside the disciples' hearts, which is the same problem we have. But again, this is just a mere glimpse of the divine nature and glory we'll see in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's read the last part of, this, of the scripture, and we're almost done here. We'll get out by 1.30. Sorry, that'll never grow old. Sorry. As they, as they were coming down from the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. We'll talk about that in a minute. They kept this word to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, Why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Elijah does come first and restores all things, he replied. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did whatever they pleased to him, just as written about him. Not going to get into all the details there, such a Bible study type thing, but we're going to. I do want to look at the problem inside their hearts. See why? Why would Jesus tell them not to tell anyone? Because there was a plan. There was a plan in place, and 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 if he would have told them, it would block his path to suffering and dying in order to bring salvation to the world. It had to be done that way. And and if we tell everybody about this awesome, glorious thing, well, we're going to make Jesus king right now. That's that's. That's not the way it was designed. He, he, he wasn't, it wasn't going to go down like that. Although he's worthy, amen? He's worthy of it. At that time, he, he knew he had to suffer and die in our place in order to bring salvation to the world. So, so doing that again, the, the disciples are confused. And of course, Peter once again shows up with his mouth and says something he shouldn't say, just like Patrick does sometimes. All right? 
And I love it, that verse 5, what he says. But I didn't understand. Again, remember, remember what two weeks ago we looked at how Peter was like, you know, no, you're not, that's not going to happen. Jesus told him, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. These bad things are going to happen to me. All right? And, and Peter, with a good heart, because he doesn't want to see his friend suffer, is like, no, no. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. Right? The same words that he used to Satan in the, in the, when he was being tempted. Like, you are blocking the plan. Get out the way. All right? You don't understand. So many times, I, I, I don't know, as we go through Mark, I kind of like, it gives me comfort because, like, I, like I'm the disciple for sure because I totally don't get it sometimes. All right? I'm an idiot all the time. Amen or oh me. Jimmy missed that. Jimmy was here who said amen about me being an idiot. But, um, right, he would have. Or Mr. Tommy, bless his heart. Um, but, again, there's a word of warning here that I believe and, and I'm going to kind of just give a, a glimpse of just this, and I, you know, I, I, I do believe it goes with the scripture here because we 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 don't get it sometimes, and I think that is our fault. Okay, oftentimes it is because we we just must not be complacent. And see, he, he's. I'm going to read to you what what the Gospel Transformation Bible writer said, and then I'm going to add a little bit to it. it says as disciples of Christ. We as Christians must grow and mature in our hearts, our wills, our minds toward concretely reflecting who Christ is. If we wish to have something to say and to give to others around us, Christ-likeness and character is one way toward that end. Amen? That's beautiful. Through the gospel, we are beckoned into such a life. We have a part. All right, now uh, we go back to the transfiguration. Well, what about the transformation as us as Christians? Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come, amen? As, as Christians, we should be different. We should be. And we should be reflecting God's glory, right? That comes from within, because we're not Jesus, all right? And it comes from, our, uh, from Jesus in our hearts. And, and, you know, it makes me think this morning, I was thinking about, you know, the fact that, I mean, why do teens, pra- why do teens practice? To get better, right? Like, I never had a team that, oh, we're just not going to practice this year. Or roll the ball out. On game day, and we'll just do the best we can, right, brother Mike? We we didn't do that. We practice hard, but I just feel like sometimes as Christians we get complacent, right? We we're okay. We accept Jesus as a savior, and Amen, Hallelujah. I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me, and most definitely that is awesome. And then that's it. I think I'll just hang out for a while, rather than pursuing Christ daily. Amen. Rather than to wanting to reflect Jesus to a, to a world of that's lost and so awful, some of the things that happen, and we see our kids and some of the things they come through. Sal and I were talking about it this morning. We have to reflect Christ to them. Well, we it's the feeling of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know I was going to go all this this way with it, but you know we have the Spirit, but are we filled up with them by by praying and reading God's Word, Amen, and asking God to fill us, Amen, all day, every day, every day. God, fill me with Your Holy Spirit today. Help, help, reflect, help me reflect that in my life. And see, the problem, the problem inside the disciples' hearts is the same problem in our hearts. Amen? Sometimes it's ignorance and sometimes just plain laziness. Amen or oh me. Right? But the problem is a sin in our hearts and we don't understand. But again, thank the Lord that He gave Jesus to die for us in our place. So we looked at the the transfiguration this morning, and as we as we close and ask um, Alex to come up, this is just a mere glimpse of the divine nature we'll see in heaven. Amen? Amen. It's just a glimpse. It's a peeling back of the curtain because we couldn't handle it. 
We, we couldn't handle it if he would have, if he hold it so at all. Right. Hide your face. You remember that in the Old Testament? Let's just hide your face there in the cleft of the rock, and I'll just show you. You, know, you can't see me. I can't see all of me. You couldn't handle it. It's a marvelous thing to look forward to. Let me read to you, Mr. Miss um, Ron. It's not, it's not in here, okay? So y'all just have to trust me. Revelation 21, verse 23. I did not see a temple in it because the Lord God, this is heaven, the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates it and its lamp is a lamb. No don't need no light there. Because Jesus is a light. Amen? As we close this morning and if you never made that decision to accept what Jesus did on the cross was counting for you, I ask that you'll make that decision. I plead with you to make it. And if you have, I I'll hope that you reflect on what you've heard today. But I want to end with just a, just a little bit of what Jim Hill wrote a long time ago. And it reminds me, it, it, it goes to me, it just goes perfectly with it. And we're not going to sing it um, unless it is the one that Sally come up with. I don't know. But what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. There will be no. Sorry. We have a lot of people sick right now, don't we? A lot of people have passed on. There will be no sorrows there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness and no more pain, no more parting over there. But forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day that will be. Amen. Let's pray. I mean, let's uh, sing, Sally.